This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, anybody who is listening to this podcast, a quick warning before we jump into it. This week, we are basically archaeologists. We are unearthing a recording um, that we did with the absolute legend himself, Pete Mena, a few months ago. And we didn't release it because we thought the audio kind of cut in and out too much and um, the video cut in and out too much uh, because of bad internet connections. I think it was ours. It might have been Pete's. He's up in Hayward, Wisconsin, which is a beautiful area, kind of the middle of nowhere. Um, But then I went back and listened and looked, and it's not nearly as bad as I thought. And when you have a legend like Pete Mena on your podcast, you just put up with bad audio issues. Plus, back then it was way earlier in the whole podcast for us, and so we didn't know what we know now in terms of like making sure there are less gremlins present in our audio recording devices. Anywho, um, we are so pumped to share this episode with you. And if you hear any little glitches or, or spaces, whatever, just put up with it. It's worth it. Pete is an awesome dude. And like always, thank you so much for listening. Positivity is worth the effort. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. And I always say another episode of Tackling Tacos with a little bit of like surprise. Yeah, a little bit of like, whoa, we're still going, you know, (laughs) because we have like some we have like some sponsors and we have some like cool connections with like the working class bow hunter guys. And, you know, we're part of their podcast network. 
but I'm still just waiting for the the proverbial shoe to fall and somebody to just be like, hey man, your guys' podcast is trash. It's done. I'm like, all oh, right, cool. honey. Or maybe not that heavy, oh but like, right. like every podcast, I'm like Positivity so pumped. is worth the yeah, effort. Yeah, yeah. Like every podcast, though, I'm so pumped that we get to actually keep doing this. Like it's us, it's, it's, it's me and my wife and my best buddy talking fishing and talking tacos and like, how cool is that, man? So yes. um, welcome everybody yeah. to um, a new episode. So this is an episode that like 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 year old Jordy is just like geeking out on a level I can't even explain to you. The fella um, who we have in the queue uh, right now is an absolute legend in the game of fishing across the board. And I would say it's pretty objective as the absolute like the guy for for chasing muskies, like the fella. Um, I can't really, I mean, I can think of some other big names and guys I've looked up to, but this guy is the guy. Like if there is a Mount Rushmore of fishing in general, to me, uh, this guy goes on it, period, <laughs> period. Like there's there's a yeah. couple bass guys who probably be on it, maybe like Al Linder or like people I've always looked up to, but this dude's right there, um, unequivocally. Um, and so we're going to get to him in just a sec, but uh, Nate, you're good at this. You're getting really good at this. Hit us with our little sponsor <laughs> thank yous and our socials and all that mess, and then we'll get moving. I don't know if uh, if I'm ever going to be good at it. I just you know start to wing it and and, and get lucky. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely a thank you to uh, to the guys at Working Class Working Class Bowhunter Podcast Network for for letting us do this every week, uh, letting us uh, kind of piggyback on them and and kind of learn from from the guys who have been doing it for. A long time and doing that at a high level so so thank you for for that uh thank you to Giltech, uh grizzly coolers kenai coolers uh the people who are kind of i guess sponsoring us you know that's kind of kind of odd to say kind of kind of crazy to think that we're or you know we're only yeah yeah yeah, yeah well yeah, i mean huge, we're, huge sponsorship. <laughs> yeah i mean we're, we're you know only a few months into this deal and you know we we are privileged enough to say that we have uh people that believe in us so it's it's really cool so so thank you to them and uh don't forget to check out our social like jordan said uh tackleandtacos.com tackleandtacos on facebook and instagram uh as well as youtube where we're going to be posting uh all these uh video podcasts so uh check them out yeah yeah well that was done so good, that was that was so good yeah that was really good so, i'll try it someday but yeah it's yeah. it's a lot of, it's a lot of words it's a lot of words for a podcaster <laughs> but um all right so let's uh let's just let's just get after it. we'll bring him in here um if you follow us on social media kind of pigging back pigging backing piggybacking on what Nate just said uh, a couple weeks ago I think it was we shared a picture of me and this feller and I think it was 1998 <sighs> six something. The picture's hanging up behind me in the studio. It's not just for today. It's always been there. Um, and then I have a, a signed hat from the dude as well um, that we're about to bring in. And uh, this guy is a author. Uh, he's a speaker. Um, he is probably the best professional musky fisherman to ever wet a line. And I don't know. It's even arguable. He has the best hair in the game. Let's uh, let's bring him in now, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Pete Mayna. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Oh, look at those locks. <laughs> That's looking good, man. Not quite as good as 1998. I was amazed when I saw that photo. <laughs> 
I don't know, man. Okay, so Lola is a hairdresser, like professionally, mm-hmm. and I think, I mean, do you agree? His hair is—he's it's got so good, nice. He's got good hair. Got it's good still hair. now, still don't sell yourself short, Pete. I mean, you're you're still, still doing nice. it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, man, thank you. Um, thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for agreeing to do a podcast with a, with a few knuckleheads who are just crazy about fishing, crazy about being outside, crazy about tacos. Um, and so we just kind of combined everything all into one, all into like a verbal goulash of sorts. And so. Real quick, sir, the way we do this is we'll kind of walk you through the topic categories. You choose the first category, and then we'll just let it free flow, and we'll kind of we'll kind of take it as it comes. So, uh, Lola, hit them yeah. with the, the question options, and, okay. then, and then you kind of control the show from there, Pete. So let me know what you want to start with. We have life questions, normal podcasty questions, taco questions, of course, Pete-specific questions, and then show and tell. I, you know what I want to start with is these uh, these taco questions because I know people like to hear about how I got stuff like that. But I, you know, I, I've done a lot of podcasts. I've appeared in a lot of places, but I've, I, I don't know that I've ever, at least with fishing, maybe, but I don't remember tacos ever being directly involved. And and I think we need to hear the story on how your yeah. whole gig. I like yeah, yeah, yeah. We can we can share that with yeah, you. Yeah, for hit, sure. hit them, hit them okay. with a question, Lola. Let, let them know. Okay, let's see. How about- <laughs> all right? <laughs> um, well, what's the last taco that you had? That's a good one. The last taco that I had, uh, I don't even remember the name of it. It was at the Mexican place in Hayward here. Uh, yeah, I well, I know it had uh, a combination perfect and pork and then a bunch of other stuff in there. Okay, I could have had I could have had one too many margaritas, but uh, I do like tacos, but I I have to say now, you guys should maybe you can convince me of this, but we don't regularly make tacos at home, so maybe I gotta I gotta hear more. Yeah, you're definitely missing out if you're not if you're not cooking tacos regularly at home. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll let my wife yeah. yeah, that's all right. But do you like to cook? Ooh, me? Yeah. I cook. Where's your uh, what's your preferred method of cooking? Where we're at in the house on the grill? What what do you what, Absol- what are you picking? Absolutely on the deck. And uh, an old Weber oh, charcoal grill. Nice. I switched to oh, man. that. I love that. One point, and I immediately went back to. Well, I shouldn't and say immediately. I'm kind of. I'm kind of cheap, so I let the gas grill run its course. But as soon as it got kind of sick and was ready okay. to die, I'm like, okay, I'm back to charcoal, and yeah. it's been ever since. Yeah, it's more work, but it's it's the flavor's better. There's mm-hmm. no argument. There's no argument. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that was one of the questions we were gonna follow up with, Pete, was is there any good Mexican spots in Hayward that you wanna like give a shout out to or like that you prefer to go to? Well, there's really only the one. And and as as horrible as that sounds, <laughs> I can't even really think of the name of it right now. <laughs> I can I can take you right there. Okay, that's so okay. The, the, the the spot. Spot. they have new owners yeah, yeah. and and they changed the name. 
So I'm 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 just not okay. I'm not exactly sure. Here again, ah. if my wife was up here, she'd probably know. But uh, we're we're very happy with the new owners, by the way. And oh, I, even though I can't remember the name, uh, good. Like it's good. Yeah, it's okay. Good. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you like fish tacos? I've talked to fishermen and some people say they love fish tacos and other people feel weird about them, especially like a musky guy. Cause obviously we're not eating musky tacos. Like that would right, that's never just happen. Sounds terrible. Um, but do you like fish tacos, Pete? Yes. I haven't had enough fish tacos though. I've, I've never, I, I don't believe I've tried okay. salt water. Well, uh, definitely. Okay. So I've, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of work to go on yeah. fish tacos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, uh, I don't know that you could, I don't think anybody could ever say I've had too many fish tacos. I don't no. think that's a, that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, definitely. Okay. Not. So I see, yeah. I see main street tacos and I see Los Portales and. Oh, there's that. El that's the one. Are you looking at Los Portales? Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I only go to one. <laughs> Okay, that's it. Okay, well, there it is. So, yes, shout looking, out to oh, El Taquito is Hayward, California. The other one, oh, yeah, that's not where the he's other at. two were Hayward, oh, Wisconsin, okay, Main yeah. Street Tacos, and Los Portales. Okay, yeah, okay, there that's it is. The one. <laughs> I love it. All right, so let's, okay. um, yeah, so the real quick rundown, Pete, why, why our podcast is called Tackling Tacos is because we. We were asked to start a fishing podcast um, by our buddies who run a pretty big uh, bow hunting podcast, and we did, we couldn't come up with a name. And like years ago, I had this silly idea to start a tackle shop that every day would make one kind of like specific taco to sell to the general like customer. So like today is steak tacos, Tuesday is shrimp tacos, Wednesday is I don't know venison tacos, whatever. Uh, and it was going to be called the Spot S P O T T and the two T's were tackle and tacos. And so then when we were struggling to come up with like a cool name that wasn't like, I don't know, cheesy or cliche for like a fishing podcast, Lola was like, why don't we just call it tackle and tacos and we can talk about fishing and tacos. So then I brought it to those guys who were like running the whole shebang and they were like, wait, are you for real? And I was like, yeah, it'll be cool. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, I guess it's unique. Mm -hmm. And so here we are. Logo is a, is a little taco with a, like a um, power bait worm and a square bill hanging out of the front of it. And uh, yeah, this is it. We talk fishing, we talk tacos, we have like some fishing videos, we have some how to make specific taco videos. And uh, I mean, we're just having fun, you know, because that's the cool thing about tacos is there's no rules. You can do whatever you want with them. And that's sort of the same thing with like fishing within the parameters of the law you know, like you can use lures that in this circumstance don't generally make sense. And then you catch a fish on them or, you know, so we're just kind of combining fun elements and 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 loving it. Like you said, you've done a ton of podcasts and stuff and you've never talked tacos. So it's like, well, this is different (laughs) and we want to talk to you about life and all of that, not just fishing. So (laughs) very good. I understand. Yeah. You can do a lot of things with tacos. I guess you could put pineapples in there. You can put anything in there. You can't can't do the first one though. No. I, try, I tried. <laughs> I tried. No, no, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, you did. Do, well, yeah. you did for you, huh? Oh, <laughs> you did. I mean, but but you're, you're spot on though. Yeah, there's no there's no rules, but um, 
all right, let's go to, I don't know, Pete's specific questions. I have, I have so many questions for you, Pete, that I was like having a hard time. Well, Cause he's like, like fanboying yeah, so hard. Like hard we've time, had this like, picture it down. hung up in our home. Like yeah. of you guys, like you've been in my house for years. <laughs> Is that weird? Yeah. Yeah. And now here you are. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's um, let's jump. Okay, so hats. I'm wearing this hat because today I was watching a couple of your videos on YouTube, um, and and one of them you were running uh, E-Tech, a G2 motor, and Evinrude. And um, I have this old Evinrude hat because I also run. I mean, I know you, I don't think you do anymore. Do you? You don't still run Evinrude, do you? No, no, I well, I, I I would. I was actually quite happy with them, but uh, no, that boat got yeah. sold, and I have a Mercury on now. Okay. I, I have to say, the okay. current Mercury I have has been a been a great one. Yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I know they're not a company anymore, but I didn't know if you were like sponsored or what the word was there. But I found this old hat, and then it got me thinking about the pink hat thing. Where did that come from? What what is the what is the pink hat thing for you, Pete? The pink hat thing was actually a rocker buddy of mine uh, years ago, probably, I don't know, 20 years ago now, hooked up with this guy because I, you know, I, I love rock music and you got a rocker that likes to sing and, and uh, or likes to fish and chase muskies. Okay. And he chased me around for a while and we ended up fishing together and got along real well. And his thing was kind of this pink hat deal. So I, okay. in order to try and help him out, because he started writing fishing music, I would go on a seminar trail and, uh, oh, and cool. wear his pink hat at times and talk about his CDs and his fishing music, right? So that's basically how it went. And then uh, oh, eventually I did get a different pink hat. His, his original hat was a pink fuzzy yeah. hat. The guy's name is Brian Schramm. And I eventually found uh, at the Madison Fishing Expo a uh, a pink fish hat that uh, was my new pink hat, like for okay. the last. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. the one with the eyes on it, right on the sides. Yeah, I think. Oh, you I, got it there. I, I, I oh my gosh, this I is the best. Here. <laughs> there, oh, there's the other eye. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> This if this is just the audio podcast for y'all you better hop on yeah, youtube you and watch the this video is, this, is too, <laughs> this is so good yeah, this is too good for sure oh doesn't that make my hair look even better it, it, hey it looks good the way it's coming it does so actually yeah, the floor yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good yeah um i love that that's I, so, so that, that that's a follow-up question i guess they're kind of tied together for people who don't know uh pete has is it is it two books you have out, Pete? Yeah, uh, uh, muskies suck and muskies still suck. And then actually, uh, over the <laughs> yeah. years, I wrote uh, I wrote several serious books for uh, fishing hotspots as well. But I I really kind of you know enjoyed the uh, the muskies suck books more. You know, when you I've written tons of articles over the years too. I I really don't anymore. But that was a that was a big thing back in the day. I did a tremendous amount of writing, and of course how to where to type stuff mainly and uh for the most part it's all serious stuff when you're writing right so it's kind of cool you know in in pondering you know the first few decades of my life and being totally addicted to muskies i just you know i came up yeah. with the idea of writing musky suck you know just trying to tell the 
you know, the, the real person story of it and the, the fun stuff, the goofy <laughs> stuff, and the not so serious stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, had to do that twice. It was so much fun the first time. Yeah. And do, and then, I mean, do muskies suck? And why do they suck? Oh, they definitely suck because they, they, they take over your life. You know, you know, you know, you get a, you get a picture taken with some long haired schmuck who's been known to catch a few of them, you know, and then you think, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it all happens in different ways. The funny thing is some people don't get addicted to it, but usually, I mean, if you're, if you're the type, if if you're the person that is uh, uh, prone to addiction and it, it'll it'll happen right away, and I, I, I guess that in some way, shape, or form, that happened to you. Once it started, it was hard to stop. So how did it start for you? Yeah, I mean, maybe you know this. I don't, I don't know. I, don't I just think I do. how did musky your love for the musky start? Yeah. Oh, me, uh, actually, that's uh, I, it, it did not hit right away. I was definitely wired to fish. I grew up on a small resort in Hayward, Wisconsin, here, Spider Lake Chain. Uh, Balsam Lodge was the name of the resort, and then uh, I caught fish off the dock immediately. And in those days, the resort was all fishing. There was no recreational stuff. It was, it was literally just a fishing camp only. And I started guiding at a very early age, like 11, full-time in the summers at 14 and weekends in fall. And uh, of course, I I should go to college and higher education. Believe it or not, a lot of people are shocked by this, but I actually did fairly well in school. But I decided that further school wasn't necessary because I was going to fish. So that's what I did. And with no real plan on how I was going to make a living other than some guiding or whatever. You know, people like to ask, well, how'd you get in the writing, the TV and all the different things that happened? It wasn't really a plan. It was just, you know, trying to make a living and love for the sport and meeting the right people. A lot of good things happened to me, you know, in in meeting the right people to get some of these TV opportunities and different things that occurred over the years. But I was, I was more of a complete multi-species, probably the first Eight years, I, I probably guided more you know, walleye, crappie, bass, and muskie. But then I got, uh, I, I got to where I was real, real busy guiding by the time I was 19. So I could actually be choosy. And then I just kind of personally, maybe it's ego at that age. I just personally really got the muskie bug bad. And I had enough of a clientele that I could be selective. So just said, that's it. During muskie season, from now on, that's all I'm going to guide for and fish for so then that wow. you know that whole musky thing really really rolled i guess i i would say in the last decade i've i've gone back to my roots actually and and done a heck of a lot more multi-species than i than i used to okay. yeah that's cool is it still musky though that gets your heart pumping the most well that's a you know it's a it's a true answer to a question i've had lots of times yeah that's that's they, they scare you the most and part of it's uh, yeah. Simple yeah. fact that they're, you know, they're, they're the lowest density critter out there. So, you know, quite often, too often, obviously, you're out there for hours on end, you don't see one. So that helps with the scare, you know. But they're big fish, they're toothy fish, they move fast, and you haven't seen one in six hours, and all of a sudden there he is right at your feet eating a lure, or trying to eat a yeah. lure. And, you know, yeah. I don't care who you are, if it, if it doesn't scare you a little bit, you're not alive. Yeah, that's for sure. 
I like that. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was watching a video. I think it was the one on your YouTube channel. It's titled something like um, record at Lake of the Woods or something like that. And you were throwing, I, I don't know if it was a red October tube or like a water wolf or what it was. And like two figure eights in a row, you're kind of plopping this thing. And he came up and bit it boat side and you kind of pulled it instead of like reverse like the way he was going, you know, and like two, both times you're like, Oh, why didn't I do that? And I'm like, cause you're a human being and you probably were, you know, having a little musky brain moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's the best. I don't think that goes away. Oh no, never goes away. The interesting thing about that now is, uh, you know, I, I remember that was all visual. You couldn't feel it, but I, I was mm-hmm. kicking my own hinder because I, I knew what to do. And even though I didn't feel it, it was visual and I, you know, I didn't do it right. And I, you know, I spent the, you know, the rest of the evening, I don't beat myself up that much anymore because it's all part of the game, but you know, you're still disappointed in yourself when you certainly should know better. And it's like, gosh, you could have fucked them. You idiot. (laughs) Yeah. That was just, yeah, I, uh, yeah, 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 I, uh, we had a guest on last week. I don't know if you know him or not. Steve Jonasy. He's kind of a, he's a musky feller yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. We, we figured you did. Um, yeah. yeah. Great, great fella. Um, yeah, awesome. And uh, I was telling him when I first started fishing muskies, I was just so dumb and it took me so long to figure out when I would get a follow, I would like slow down to make it easier for the muskies to get to it. And like, 99 times out of 100 the muskie would turn and go the other way because that's not natural obviously a small fish Mm -hmm. is not going to be like yeah eat me or whatever a a duck or whatever they think is plopping along on the top and then i i read or i saw an article or or whatever a video and they were like when you get that follow you know sometimes just a couple quick turns of the of the handle can and you know can really fire them up even more and then i started doing that and then i started hooking more fish and then um it leads me to my my question. I have it on here somewhere, but if people want to chase musky Pete, because I'll say this vulnerably, the first time I caught a musky as I was targeting them, I wasn't prepared. I didn't have the right net. I didn't have the right tools. I was by myself, which is always an interesting deal. Um, if people want to fish and, and I pray to God they want to fish for these big guys responsibly, what kind of stuff do they need in the boat when they're going after muskies? Well, that is a, a real good point that uh, that really should be greatly prioritized. It's it's human nature, I think, for you know people to focus on the shinier object and uh, you know the the bait that's going to catch more fish or the new piece of electronics or whatever. But you know, I have said for years, being kind of a conservation advocate, that you know the 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 one maybe boring way to catch more and bigger fish is to get real good at handling fish and catch and release because the fish don't survive can't catch them again right so uh big uh I, I, I always say a couple of pairs of uh long pliers uh, have a have a backup pair but you know one thing that's real important is uh is a quality set of bolt cutters to make sure you're willing to cut hooks anytime there's hooks anywhere in a critical area be it gills or near an eyeball or 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 in a lot of cases especially with smaller muskies they might they might have a big treble right in the corner of their mouth you know and their flesh is pretty soft and if you tear that out you may do some permanent damage in there and actually rip out a chunk especially on a younger fish like that that's a situation where you should 
be cutting those hooks. So you can save a lot of fish and, and a lot of time and, and to a certain degree, possibly deformations in fish by having those cutters. And then uh, one one thing that isn't talked about a whole lot, obviously you want a quality net to be able to get that, you know, that, that fish in it and, and accomplish the final thing of landing it. Uh, but but yeah. a quality net with regard to mesh uh, is just a, a huge, huge deal as far as handling the fish. Because if you've got uh, inferior mesh, and, and, and good mesh is, is real tight weave, it's uh, it, it's fairly large squares and it's and it's coated and it's coated well so that it won't wipe off any slime and it's absolutely extremely important that the hooks not be able to bury in that mesh especially past the barb because that's how you get massive tangles you get a especially when people get excited and they they want that big fish in the bag and they get it in there and it's twisting and rolling. And if you have the wrong kind of mesh, it can just be an unbelievable mess real fast. So those are those are real important things to to have to make sure that you have all those tools and then have an idea also about water temperatures and how much time yeah. out of the water is is you know gonna be critical. This time of the year, uh, we talk about this a lot, but uh, you know, people argue about whether or not you can still fish them this time of the year. And the simple answer is up to 80 degrees for sure. You can definitely still fish them. But you need to be much, much more careful and absolutely minimize that time out of the water. You should be you should be considering uh, total water release, very little time out of the water. You shouldn't be measuring out of the water and you shouldn't be holding fish up for photos out of the water for any length of time. Because if they're just so susceptible to the stress in the warm water yeah. period now in the, in reality when it gets later in the year i don't suggest it i think in 40 degree water you could probably keep a muskie out of the water for three minutes and mm. probably be fine i was a betting man i would bet on a on the exact same muskie with the exact same fight time in 40 degree water i would i would bet on that muskie three minutes out of the water more than i would bet on a muskie out of the water for 20 seconds uh, with the wow. same fight time and everything being exactly the same in 75 degree water. That's, that's how big of a difference. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah that's, that's awesome. I never, I never would have thought like uh, to have like the cutters for cutting hooks out. That's, that's yeah. Just like a really, I, w I would say a really over, over, uh, overlooked piece of uh, equipment to have in the boat. That's, that's pretty smart. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, they they really are, and then when you're you know when, when you're good at looking for these things, you know you make sure you have those those tools ready. I mean, normally normally I can spot a fish, and I'll holler at somebody as uh, soon as it hits the bag to get those cut. You know, I, I I know if it's in the gill arches here, if I see hooks there, I'm going to call for cutters. Obviously, eyeball. I talked I, I talked about everything, but mm -hmm. if it's down deep or whatever. If you as soon as you see that, don't don't mess around with pliers first, and then when it gets ugly and you've already, you know, had the head out of the water for a while, then say, "Oh, hey, I need the cutters." Just go for the cutters right away. Cut those hooks. Get another hook hook on later. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what Steve was saying too. That at like the eighty degree mark, there's like the whole delayed mortality where you might be feeling all good, great rainbows and cupcakes. They swim away, but little do you know that they die 
however much longer because their bodies have gone through so much um, stress and the, the higher water temps and they can't recover. And yeah. And I mean, these fish are just, they're just like you said, they're scary. They're just too cool. They're too cool yeah. of a fish to really like, yeah. I don't really cuss, but too cool of a fish to F around with and potentially have them die. That's just, I don't know. Like I have yet to oh, catch yeah. one. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, maybe we, we got, need to we come to Hayward. Get, yeah. We got to get you on. on Jeepers, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, it's, jump off of the question. The with muskies, uh, you know, I just want to say this quick. It, it, I, I think all yeah, fish, are, especially muskies, they kind of tell you the condition they're in. I mean, you can tell it, it takes a little experience, I guess. But if they're real sluggish, I mean, you can you can kind of see it. And, and you know, if they're, you know, if you already know it's warm water or whatever, just, you know, you 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 adapt to, to how the fish is acting. You know, obviously, if it won't even roll over on its own anymore, uh, if you're starting to see yeah. hemorrhaging, sometimes you see blood spots starting near the tail. That's that's where the stress signs really show up. You, you see those things, that that means all the pictures are done and everything. If you really care about the fish, you want to get that yeah. fish back in the water and swim away. Then. Not worth it. Heck yeah. yeah, it's yeah. isn't it crazy, Pete, how things have sort of changed over the years, you know, because I, as a kid, we used to go to uh, Round Lake and then Upper Oak Clear Lake every year in Hayward. And so we'd go to like the Moccasin Bar and you'd see those stories of Cal Johnson. Isn't that his name on uh, the flowage, how he he caught that giant that I still don't think is as big as he says it is. But that's a different story for a different time <laughs> and how he how he beached it. And like, I'm like, oh, my gosh you know like he beached this thing like just drug it up on the beach and now we're like dude you got 10 seconds get yeah. a good hole get your thumb in that little notch get them up don't get your hands in the gills take the picture snap snap get them back in the water like you know it's just and back mm -hmm. then and he's like i'm gonna beach this thing and i'm gonna bring it home and eat it you know like, <laughs> it's just crazy how things have just completely changed well they've changed yeah i uh my favorite client, I got to tell a quick story. He was about 60 years yeah. older than me. His name was Bert Hardenbrook. And he, I'll never forget when he told me the first uh, muskie he ever caught. It was back in the shooting days. And uh, uh, it was one of those, oh you had to be there deal. But I guess the guide was screaming at him. And, it, you know, this it was this massive 32-inch muskie. He's hollering and too fast. I, the, the guy liked to swear and say, God damn it, I don't like to take the Lord's name in vain, but I, I guess that's what he was saying. Kind of like, too fast, God damn it. And then, you know, and he kept on too slow, too fast, too fast. Bang! All of a sudden shot this poor 32-inch muskie at the side of the boat after all those screaming oh, and hollering. <laughs> I was like, wow. That's, that's so crazy. That's awesome. Oh, fun time screaming back and forth, cussing at each other, shooting guns at fish. Jeez Louise, yeah. that's not going to make them out of uh, in fishermen, right? Goodness gracious, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Oh, I got a um, quick question about how uh, how yeah. things have changed because we kind of kind of talked about like how things have changed over the year. How uh, how has YouTube kind of changed the way that you uh, I guess kind of transitioned from maybe articles to to videos? Well, the whole yeah, YouTube is a, is a big part of it. It's 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 kind of weird how the transitions have come. I I got to be real honest. I laughed about YouTube initially, and here now it's almost like it's gotten to be the you know one of the one of the biggest things. And cable television is dead, and and uh, so I 
I don't know. It's 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 neat in a lot of ways. You know, in 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 some aspects, it's like to a certain extent, there's almost too much to consume in a weird way. Uh, but but it's neat, and it's what's what what I really like about it is you're you know you you don't have a format that you have to stick. To. I mean, you can just do a a couple of quick tips. You can do whatever. I, obviously, you could be two hours long down to, you know, 30 seconds, whatever it is, you right. know, and, uh, and do different things uh, in, in, in different formats and, and, and adapt to, to whatever the, you know, the viewers are looking for. You can try a bunch of different things, which is a little harder in, uh, you know, the original half hour format of, of regular TV and plugging commercials in and all of that. It's just, you know, there's so much more to adapt to there. I I, I have to kind of laugh. I, I had a I had a YouTube channel originally, and I I got thrown I got thrown off of YouTube for like three years. Well, I never tried to get back on because I put a squirrel launching video up on on YouTube, and I apparently I had some animal activists uh, tell tell YouTube that I was a mean guy oh, launching. <laughs> And I, I was kind of amazed by it because I was thinking, gosh, I used to do them, and now I, now I put seeds and I, I launch them through the air a little bit with a clay pigeon thrower. But they seem like they have fun. They always come back more. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but, but uh, yeah, I, I, I literally did that, and then, uh, and then sat on it for three years and started a YouTube channel up again after a while. But uh, I always think back of that. It's like all yeah, these, all these younger guys have grown huge YouTube channels, you know. And I was I was thinking when when they threw me off, yeah. I didn't even try and get back on. I was like, right. oh. you know? that's too funny. <laughs> okay, that's really squirrel launching videos with Pete Mena. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we need to steal that marketing technique. <laughs> well, everybody's Pete. so offendable now. Everybody loves to be offended. Oh, yeah. all right. What do you got? Me? What do I have? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, dun, dun, dun. What's something about you people probably wouldn't expect or that they don't know? Hmm. hmm. <laughs> 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 no, now you got me. Uh, I'm a. Uh, Actually, my wife would say I'm totally wrong about this, but I'm a complete slob in my garage. Now, everybody that's been in my garage knows that, but uh, I'm I'm not the most tidy per person for a fishing addict. You know, some people are really, really anal yeah. about all their different lures in the right place and all that. I I am uh, I get it done every year somehow, but I'm I'm quite unorganized and haven't absolutely trash garage to the point of what should be embarrassment, but you know, I'm getting a little older and I, I get older. I, I don't worry about it too much, but uh, it really, there, there, there could right. be a whole show done on my garage, strictly on my garage between the chicken feed and all the lures and all of the different things that are in there and the, and the weird trails that you have to take to get around through all the stuff. In there. But yeah. you know where it is. Yeah, well, kind of. When you're looking for something, you can find it, right? I can usually find the important stuff. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Yes, I mean, you have it down to like, like I need a yellow nine-inch suic, or I don't know, whatever. Can you find said? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, or I'll I'll find something close to it. I I do have that stuff. You know, it's just if you know it's some other you know useless stuff like maybe the uh, the pond heater for the fish in the winter. I might not know exactly where that's at at the time, but usually it may be under a few things and whatever. If it comes to fishing, I can find it. Yeah, All that right. sounds about right. Yeah. Do you, st- uh, do you still guide, Pete? You don't still guide, do you? No, I have not. I I, uh, I actually made dabble in that a little bit in retirement, I think. I kind of miss it in a way. But no, I, I uh, when I started doing a lot of TV, guys, I, I, I really had to quit that because I was I was booked, you know, way in advance, uh, you know, for for years. And I, you know, you get to the point where, you know, I'm having additional TV opportunities, especially when I started in with Gillespie. But I had uh, I had times where I had like three different TV show things going and I would want to be available. And and you, uh, you know, you have somebody that's been booked, you know, for a year and then you oh sorry, I had this TV opportunity come up. And, you know, they were they didn't like it and I didn't blame them. So I just doing it. When it uh, when it when it comes to like TV and stuff, do you did did you per, do you prefer like being a host more or being a guest more? Because I know you've been a guest on a few uh, a few other TV shows as well as you know hosting your own. So w- which uh, which one do you prefer? I actually am going to uh, answer that with uh, you know I'm kind of in the middle. I enjoy both depending on depending on the other on the host. I I have had a few. <laughs> A few opportunities where I was a co-host with somebody I thought was kind of boring and not much fun and this, that, and the other. But, uh, you know, when I've uh, when I've done stuff with, like, Mark Zona or, you know, years with John Gillespie. I mean, Gillespie's a hoot, you know, and and, and Mark Zona's, you know, a nutbag. And, and, you know, you just can't – you, you got to have – I mean, it wouldn't even matter if there's fish in the lake, right? You, you're going right. to have – either way so so that you know for years there you know actually mark mark did quite a few shows with me on the next bite and then and then i would be on his show he'd be on my show and uh so that was that was all fun if it was right per- I, I enjoy both in a way it's kind of nice to not have to be the actual host because you just kind of sit there and do and say whatever you don't have to right. much about any <laughs> any particular lineup or anything you just all you got to do is fish right yeah that's it and i imagine the yeah. i imagine yeah, so zona zona he, seemed... uh, go ahead you go nate oh sorry go ahead nate nate no no nate nate go you go nate. No, I just, <laughs> <laughs> no i just was gonna say that i imagine uh zona really kind of leads it on, you know, all his own. And you just gotta, just gotta have fun with him. He, he looks like a ride to fish with. Oh yeah. Yeah. That one, what you certainly don't have to prod Zona. Yeah. Uh, that, that he's, he's, he's funny and he's, and he's super quick and he, you know, he comes up with this weird stuff. Uh, one of the, that there's a lot of them, but one of the most memorable ones, I talked him into going up north for a pike deal one time. I said, man, I do I do these far north pike deals. I got quite a few contacts up there. I said, you want to try? It's pretty crazy. Usually they're, you catch a lot of them, and they're, and they're pretty big up there. We get quite a few over 40 inches. I talked him into it, and we, we had a red October 2 that I brought along that I called Rachel after – 
we had been fishing for a little while and <laughs> caught a few fish and I, don't, I, I won't even get into where Rachel came from and this, that, and the other, but this is a named lure. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, he he decides with no reason at all, I, I, I couldn't believe it, he decides to have Rachel basically be birthed out of his stomach like the Alien movie. The Alien movie must have been, you know, fairly recent, so he's got this... He's got this red October tube stuck underneath his shirt, and all of a sudden he takes a massive drink of, of water and starts birthing Rachel and spitting <laughs> water and drooling oh all over gosh. the place. What's going on? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where does that come from? Love <laughs> it. Yeah, he's a he's a funny dude. I, I was just gonna ask, like, is he the same when the cameras aren't rolling? Is he just constantly fun and kind of silly and goofy? Is it a is it a TV persona? You know what I'm saying? It feels is he the super same? genuine. It to seems me. authentic. Authentic, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's definitely his personality. I'd I'd be lying if I said it's you know quite as crazy in person if it, you know as it is. I I I think he definitely locks it into. He he knows when he's uh he's host mode, but but no, that's just his personality and he's he's quick-witted and fun to be around all the time frankly except for when he's tired like the rest of us yeah. <laughs> the end of a long day uh, yeah right? that's awesome yeah yeah what um, else we got let me ask you this question pete so i told you uh earlier that uh you were a huge reason as to why i got obsessed with musky fishing as a kid do you have any kind of like financial reimbursement plan for that addiction <laughs> or like you know is that is that a thing that you offer <laughs> no no I've, I've never offered it i've warned a lot of people <laughs> i have and, and, and i try yeah, <laughs> But I, yeah, I usually put the disclaimers in, you know, I've, I've signed a lot of those musky suck books and I sometimes put disclaimers in them and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Jonas said, uh, he said the best way, what did he say? How does a musky fisherman end up with a million dollars as he started with $2 million? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's generally um, not the most. You got any other questions, Nate, to follow up with, man? Uh, I don't. I don't. The only other question I kind of had no. was like, you, you've you've done a bunch of seminars, like in the past. Have you ever had any like crazy experiences with seminars? Anything like wild happen while you're, uh, you know, going over, you know, all the musky juice? No, uh, I can't. I, I can't really say anything super crazy with all of that. I have been. I have been asked to do do really weird things. Uh, sign a sign a woman's hinder, and I had to sign a really two two guys, two guys, two big fat guys. I mean, they had some bellies. I mean, they were sumo wrestler types, and, and I I literally had to sign their stomachs, and they made me. They were they were big. Oh. I, I laughed. I didn't think they were serious. 
And next thing you know, I was signing some massive yeah. beer bellies and somewhere in Pennsylvania. I can't remember exactly if that was Pittsburgh. I believe it might have been Pittsburgh. That's awesome. <laughs> that's really funny. Perfect. Yeah, that's really awful. What, uh, Pete, what is this is a loaded question, like painfully loaded. What is the best musky lure of all time? And why? And why? Oh, even if it's just a style, you could say bucktails or whatever. It it all depends on what you're looking at from efficiency standpoint. That would be a bucktail, but top water all the way. I mean, as as far as, you know, for the reason I do it and enjoyment and crazy things. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's visual. And, and, you know, I, 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 I've been at this a long time and I, you know, I talked to quite a few people about it. I guess I don't, I don't take it as seriously as I as I used to, or maybe I'm not as mad at them as I used to. Plus, I you know I got a little older. I can't do 16, 18 hours a day all the time, quite like I used to. But I don't. That's a long. As, as much as I night fished and have a tremendous amount of experience night fishing, and have caught a lot of fish night fishing, and see the advantages of night fishing, and I can talk a good game of night fishing and all of that. Uh, I don't enjoy it as much just because of the visual aspect of it, you know, and that's, that's what's so unbelievably cool about the topwater stuff, you know, and and obviously the same thing with bass or anything. It's just that muskies are bigger, but it's just, it's so awesome. You know, that, that, that part of it, there's nothing like one coming, especially if, you know, you haven't had anything going on for a long time. All of a sudden Mm. that wake starts to appear. And then that mind starts clicking and, and you're like, okay, what do I do to trigger it? And that's always something mm-hmm. I tell people. You a, a big mistake I think most anglers make is they aren't prepared to try and trigger a fish with a variety. It's not just topwater lure. But I always tell people you should always, whatever you're throwing, and you might be wrong because the fish don't always agree with you, but you need to be pre-thinking. Okay, yeah. one, one starts following what are you going to do to try and trigger that fish? Even if it's wrong, but at least you got a plan, and then you can uh, adapt from there if the fish is still hanging around. But yeah, it's always yeah. good to have a plan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I uh, I was just talking to my daughter the other day. Um, our daughter, uh, she was playing softball, playing third base. She got a grounder, and there was somebody on first and second. She could have like reached back with her foot got him out at third, thrown it to second, but she was so in her brain, she just threw it to first. And she got him at first, but the yeah. other girls moved. And so I told her, I said, Ken, um, her name's Kennedy. I'm like, you need to really like be thinking the whole time. If the ball comes to me on this next play, what am I going to do with it? Where am I going to go with it? Like sort of play a game in your head, like imagining the ball coming to be you ready. and i think it's the exact same thing with fishing because you can especially musky fishing you can sit there and cast all day long and then in two seconds it goes from really boring to holy crap what do we do and if you have that consistent mindset of like all right if he follows here or if i see a, you know that alligator snout come chasing behind my my uh my top water here um yeah and it's, i think it's so much mental to stay plugged in on a long day of casting um i think one one real quick personal story, Pete, and maybe you can relate to this. Um, the first few times I started uh, chucking bulldogs in the spring, and a lot of times, at least in my experience, a bulldog bite isn't this big. It's usually like this 
it's like a, it's like they suck it up and you feel like a tick in your line, almost like uh, mm-hmm. when you skip a jig under a dock for a bass. And mm-hmm. I had to f- start figuring out like when it does that, when it does an unnatural little tick in my line, that's probably a fish, even though it doesn't feel like it's getting train wrecked. Uh, and so then I started catching more fish cause I was being more like tuned in. How do you stay tuned in for whatever lure you're throwing? But does any of that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Makes sense. You know, I, Back in the guiding days, I'd just tell people uh, that was a mistake I'd make once in a while. I'd forget to talk to them about it because that's a real good conversation to have. And and, and the simple way to put it to people, to me, is just if anything feels abnormal, you set the hook because hook sets are free. You know, I I, I would tell people, uh, you know, the... Quite a, quite a bit of the time. I mean, you're going to feel like you're going to have your arm pulled out of the socket when they hit, but they, you know, I just explained simply, sometimes they're moving faster than you're reeling and they're going to create slack or you're going to feel, you yeah. know, if you're jigging something, they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to hit on the drop and you're going to feel a tiny little tick. And, and uh, muskies, that, that was one thing I really preached with the night fish. And I was just talking about the night fishing thing. I don't do it that much anymore, but I mean, there was a, 10-year period, that's about all I did. So I could hide from people to a certain extent, uh, chasing me around the lake. I was night guiding all the time. And, and, and a lot of the bucktail at night, much more so than during the day, were just like that. They were like a tick. I mean, you did felt like a perch tapping. Yeah. And most people yep. won't react to that, right? And that's, that's just because they're swimming up yep. behind them. They're going a little bit faster than the bait's going, and that's it. And you feel that. And, if you don't react, of course, you're, yeah. you know, you've lost your shot. And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But any, yeah, I mean, if it feels abnormal and with today's lines, you can you can feel just about anything abnormal and you, you want to be pulling the trigger because you never know. A little tick can be the biggest fish of your life. Right. Uh, Which one? Okay. Do you ever fish with no cameras, no like photos, um, no distractions, just to be like in the moment, or do you capture all of it? Uh, I would say that uh, I actually enjoy time without cameras every now and again. But uh, I would say about eighty percent of the time I'm on yeah. the water, filming to, to some degree. Not as much these days as yeah. when I had three shows going at once. But I do a lot with Gillespie, and we are actually. Uh, Buddy of mine, Dave Brown, is uh, is working with me now on the YouTube channel, so we're getting a little more serious about that. We're doing a little bit more of that now as well. So most of the time it's it's filming, but I, I actually enjoy time with just mom and dad. I try and get my mom and dad out as much as possible, and uh, we generally have no cameras in the boat other than my phone, so, and that's kind of nice. Heck yeah, that's awesome. That is nice. We uh we almost named our youngest son. His name was Gus. We almost named our youngest son Tex. It was a family name on my side of the family, and uh, yeah. And that's your dad's name, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Everybody knows Tex. That is a good nickname. It is. Yeah. yeah. We were gonna name him straight up Tex. Like that was gonna be his name, but yeah. Um, I don't know. But then that, we went with something else. We went with Gus. But <laughs> yeah. We still we like it still. But, um, so <laughs> a couple right a couple generic podcasting go ahead what what was that i i was just no, gonna ask what right away the, the so were you gonna name 
your yeah. son right away, like when he was born. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we were going. It was between that and then we ended up with August, so we call him Gus. But yeah, yeah they were both family. Okay. Yeah, because Tex Tex got his in high school. Oh, his name's actually Rich, but he was bowlegged. So his high school buddies called him Tex. Oh, wow. he was right. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks. That's cool. That's dude. so cool. Yeah. It's called G Man. Yeah. He's bow-legged as heck. But, um, <laughs> a couple a couple cheese ball questions for you, Pete, before we wrap up here. And again, thank you so much for doing this. But um, number one is how can anybody who might be listening to this, watching this, because a lot of our core audience is, is bass people, but I also know fishermen like catching fish. Yeah. How can people find you, whether that's social media, a website, whatever? How, how can they track what you got going on? Uh, the simplest and easiest is just beatmaina.com. That's my website. And they can get to the social media links and uh, and, and YouBoob and stuff like that there. So, you know, all, all of that is there. And then, obviously, just a, just a search on any of them. I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and all of those. So, uh, but, yeah, it's a, the Pete Maina. Uh, is one stop shopping, I guess. And you can buy the musky suck books there if you happen to want to read about the disease that you're encountering. <laughs> also, anybody who's not watching this, because I'll put a cover like photo of it on the, the YouTube video, Pete looks like he's 15 years old on the on the original musky suck cover. Like he looks super young. And it's a it's a super cool photo too. Like it's a rad photo, but he looks so young. <laughs> Yeah, I was younger. I wasn't 16, though. <laughs> okay, you look, you, look, you, look, yeah, you look young for sure. So what is, so let's, let's close with this, man. Um, unless, Nate, you got any follow-ups? Lola, you got anything? Um, what's next for you? Like uh, a guy we asked a couple of weeks ago who's a pro bass fisherman, a competitive, um, really high-level professional bass fishermen were like, well, what's next? Do you want to be competing when you're this old, that old? And he said he kind of had a plan of he hopes to be doing this until he's 50 competitively and then figured out from there. What's, what's next for you? Is there, is there more, like you said, more focus on, as you called it, you boob in the yeah, future you're going more or intense is it than more that? of that? Is it, is it different TV shows? You said you might get back into guiding. What, what's on the horizon for you, Pete? It, it it's somewhat like early in my career. I I don't really know for sure. I you know I'll see where things come. I uh, I'm I'm probably going to continue to do things with Gillespie for sure, and uh, you know to some degree he claims at least that he uh, he will eventually start to uh, take a little time off. Uh, so I'll probably continue to help out with that, and then then definitely uh, with the with the YouTube stuff with Dave Brown. You know, I really enjoy Dave. He's a good guy, good fisherman, and just a pleasure to be around. Like, you know, we talked earlier about Gillespie and uh, and Mark Zona, you know. So, and he's actually funny like that, too. I, I tell him, I said, I got to get you on a little bit more with your goofiness. Uh, except for the figure eights where he's got the, uh, he tends to have uh, the pants go down far enough in the back. He's got the, he's got the crack thing when he creates <laughs> That's not good. That's not a good look. So I'm thinking we gotta get him a, we gotta get him a onesie, a, a musky onesie. 
specifically for Dave Brown, but uh, yeah, uh, that's going to be the main thing. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, like I say, I may, uh, I, I may do a little bit of guiding again. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know, but uh, I've enjoyed it. And, and just uh, what, one thing I will say, I, you know, I, I just want to focus on the fun aspect a little bit more efficient and some of the, some of the handling type stuff. And, uh, you know, to, to a certain extent, I, I think if there's anything negative in, in fishing these days, you know, I can tell in speaking with you people, you just really enjoy doing it and being out there and stuff. And, and, uh, to, to some degree, I think fishing's a little bit too competitive these days in some ways that people are, you know, just a little agree focused on, you know, getting that fish and getting that picture and, you know, rather than just really enjoying it to, to some degree, hopefully I can influence that a little bit, uh, as well, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. I love it. There's no doubt about it. Heck yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love it. Um, what did you bring for show and tell? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, besides my pink hat. <laughs> yeah, that pink hat was wonderful things over the years uh, from clients, and some I'm, I'm actually fairly sentimental. But this is hard to let's see. This is a bug. Oh wow! Oh, oh, wow. wow. A client. I mean, look at that. I've never How actually uh, put a musky on it, but yeah, somebody actually made that for me, and I thought that oh was pretty. Oh my cool. god! <laughs> yeah, have you have you actually thrown that thing? Yeah, it's a top water. The spinner doesn't spin all that oh, well. I thought about you know rewiring it a little bit. It's you can see it's a little tight oh there. God. Maybe the, no, it is tight. But the the little feet kind of get in the way too. But it needs it needs a little work. It's but like I like giant... it. <laughs> yeah, is I mean, is that just a toy with like a buzz bait and like a through wire or something? What's going on there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, he says yeah. <laughs> I can see it working. It's wow. so awesome. Yeah, I think it's so awesome. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah, I mean, maybe. So, yeah, we we spend all this time. I was just going to say maybe like a good buzz bait. It just needs to be broke in and you just need to like spend all day just chucking and winding that thing. Just, just get it really, just get it really broke in to where it squeaks good and buzzes. Yeah. Well, they've been saying, you know, gosh, I don't know if I can even say this. Maybe it's a, uh, maybe call it a, make a taco with a bug, a big bug like there are several. Call it it the Bill Gates taco or something like that. There you go, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then now we're talking. Now we got ideas flowing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet <laughs> I, I bet you haven't had a bug taco yet, or I, at least I hope not. Any mayfly? I haven't. Any, I, don't, I would. I don't. I mean, like no, whatever. Okay. I'll try whatever. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Sounds Match really the hatch, right? Yeah. Man, it can't be that. <laughs> Match the hatch. Eat the hatch. Oh yeah. yeah, taco the hatch. Taco the hatch. That's it. <laughs> These are all very good ideas. I love I it. Think well, so. hey, I think I think we can wrap it up there. We're like we're right at an hour. Um, 
Pete, thank you. Thank you for you. I'm telling you, this is like, this is like a little kid growing up who wants to play basketball interviewing Michael Jordan. So thank you so much for taking the time, man. Truly, truly honored to have you on here. Oh, you bet, man. Yeah. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was, it was awesome. I felt we like I was just kind of, I felt like I was just kind of sitting here listening, like absorbing all the information. Cause I'm not, I'm not near as big into musky as, as Jordan is, but uh, he's, he's told me stories about you since we started working together in like 2012. So it's uh right. yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you and we, we appreciate your time for sure. So thank you. All right. That was awesome. You bet. Yeah, thanks Holly. All right. Thank you, Pete. Thank Have you. a good one. All right. Take it easy. All right. So that was the dude. That was oh, Pete Mayna. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't even, yeah, like I can't overstress the fact that that dude was like my hero growing up. Like truly. Yeah. And that, that might sound sort I mean, of he like has over said, the top dorky yeah. or whatever. We've but, talked about him a lot. Like, yeah in our time yeah. together and yeah like i said our, his picture has been in our yeah. house yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh his show and tell i mean brandon polymix was like really sentimental and awesome like the was it called the pulse yeah yeah that rod yeah, that, that rod, he's yeah. caught 12 billion fish on 45 cents at this point and then pete pulls out a lure that's quite literally just a giant that someone toy. made for him though yeah. like that's so cool yeah. and we got to see the pink hat mm-hmm yeah, that's that crazy. was that was that's pretty dope. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, like yeah, that's and he had jam. some really good tips on like yeah. if you want to go after muskie, have these things ready. Like I think that was really, really helpful. Yeah, because I mean, let's just say right, let's just say that you decide, okay, I'm going to get into muskie fishing, or I'm going to try muskie fishing around where we live. At least you have some good spots around you too, Nate. Not as close, but like around where we live, you know, there's there's Lake Wasota, there's Lake Altoona. Um, I'm just trying to think of places where they're pretty, not easy, but they're prevalent and we're, you know, less than two hours away from Hayward. Um, and let's say that you, I'm going to go out and target muskies and yeah. then by George, you catch one. Well, that's not the time that you figure out how to handle a muskie right. and how to safely I wouldn't know what to a do. muskie. I wouldn't know what to do, but now I do. Thanks Pete. Yeah. And I, I think the one thing he said, he, he, he kind of went off on a little bit and Nate, you said, you agreed that you hadn't really heard that, but is the bolt cutters. Yeah. Cause he, he nailed it, man. Like I've, I've heard too many stories and I can't say I've never killed a muskie. I've never had one go belly up. Like while I'm releasing it, I hope to God, like delayed mortality. I've never killed one, but I mean, you can just think about it. Like if, if he's got it hooked, you know, deep, or if he's got it in the gills at all and you go wrenching on it with like the needle nose pliers, pliers and you're just, yeah. just tearing it up. And then it's like, Oh, it's not coming out. Okay. Now I'll cut it. Well, that's not, you already you already did the damage. It, yeah. You know, you've already just beat the daylights out of it. So early you grab those bolt cutters, cut those trebles off. Yeah. Um, and for people who don't know, uh treble hooks since I don't know when it's been a long time. They are federally regulated, required to dissolve in what is it, 10 days, I think, two weeks, something. I can't remember depending on on what it is, but even the big boys, even those big old honking, you know, nine aught trebles whatever they're required to dissolve if you cut them off yeah yeah i mean it's uh that's a cool it's a cool deal man i definitely want to we need to we need to get you on some muskies yes please do you have a catchphrase in mind for when you (laughs) first muskie um 
I don't. Okay, come up with something right now on the spot. You well, catch your first muskie. You, it's 46 and a half inches. Uh, <laughs> it's 31 pounds. Oh, it's I don't just, know what to um, You caught it on a bucktail on a figure mm, eight next mm-hmm. to the boat. And yep. then you get it in. We, we quickly get pictures of it. We let them go. You I, turn to the camera <laughs> and you say... <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably just be crying. Holy schmoly, I did there it. it. Is. Holy schmoly. Holy schmoly. Holy schmoly while crying. Yeah. I'm oh, going to no, guess yeah. that. Uh, I'm scared. Never okay, wait. That. I, am scared. I am scared of alligators and crocodiles. And for you to call these like alligators or like they come up they like this, that. like that makes my heart, I kind of feel like I'm going to vomit, <sighs> but also excited. Like your first one that you had on, but you lost, that was the first one you've ever had like a solid, like follow on and had them come crank on it. Right. Yeah. Probably the first bite I've ever had from a muskie. Yeah. It was on that top water when we were fishing with Steve. That was, that was awesome. Absolutely. And yeah, Lola had, I had a similar feeling. I had a similar feeling, you know, I was going to vomit. I didn't know what to do. Like it was an absolute (laughs) adrenaline rush. It was, it was wild. We like you know being with Gosh. you, working with you at Gander. Uh, we we've talked about them forever, you know. It's such a it's such a and and we talked about this on the Steve Jonesy episode. If I let my I told Lola this today while I was watching the Pete Maina videos, like if I let myself go down like the wormhole of musky fishing, like bass, like bassin, it's just not as fun anymore. Hmm. Because like we said, they're scary, dude. And it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's almost like when you're, when you're deer hunting, uh, especially if you're out like early in the morning with like a dewy ground, because the deer are absolute ghosts. Yeah. It's like, how can something that big, that heavy go walking through the woods and I don't hear it or see it until it's underneath my stand. Like, how is this possible? And you'll yeah. be casting all day long. And then all of a sudden you roll up a 45 inch muskie right next to you the say boat. This, like, and it's raise like, it up. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it really is like that. Like those submarines, like sorry, that's freaky. A couple years ago, uh, my mom lives on the Holcomb Flowage. If I would assume a lot of people listening to this don't know what that is, it's a really big body of water uh, in northern Wisconsin, even closer towards the Hayward area. And I wasn't targeting musky at the time. I was throwing a big uh, Gancraft spinnerbait. It's a five-eighths ounce spinnerbait, white one. It's really cool lure, really neat blades. And I'm casting, and I don't know what was wrong with my brain, but a musky raised up a giant, one of the bigger muskies I've ever seen, like for sure in the 50s. And I only say that because I've had quite a few 50s on. Um, for sure in the 50s, and you know, wide as I don't know. I mean, just a giant head on him. And for one second, I thought like, oh, did something come through here? Because it looks like a log just got kicked up, like a log was starting to float to the surface. And then I see his like pectoral fins moving. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I just, <laughs> it it doesn't, like Pete said, he's spot on. It doesn't matter how many times you've seen that. Like, and I didn't have any musk gear in the boat. So I grabbed my swim bait rod and threw a eight inch mag draft at it. I about dragged it over its head and it, you could almost hear him roll his eyes. And then like, he just like please. sank back down. I mean, like you're talking about a fish deep in the 50 inches uh, in pretty clear water. Come up to the top of the water. Look at your lure. Sit there long enough to where you can grab another lure, throw another lure at him, drag it right past him. And then he just goes like this. <laughs> I mean, these fish are awesome. They are the coolest thing. But I'm also nervous. Just comes out of nowhere, makes me pee my pants, and then disappears just as quick. That's cool. 
Mm-hmm. And if, if you, like Pete said, if you don't get that feeling, if you're musky fishing, uh, and you have one, follow it back to the boat and, ugh, I, I don't. Yeah. And like he said, one of his favorite deals is, I know it was a stupid question. I'll admit that here. Like what's the best musky lure ever. I didn't mean like for sure, like name yeah. one specific lure, but you know, like what's your favorite or what have you caught the most fish on? And he said top water. And the really neat thing, um, for those of you listening or watching on a top water on a musky bait, when you figure eight it, you're not figure eighting it on the top water, which is really cool. So you can have it go across the water and then you get it next to the boat and you have one follow it. You can, you know, with, I don't know, 30 inches of line out, you can dunk the whole rod in the water and figure eight it. So that top water bait is now sub mm. water and the tail's still spinning. So it, it really does make it a little more, a little more versatile, but um, man, it's fun. Let's go. You want to go musky fish? Let's go. My mom is here right now watching Gus. Let's just take off. Okay. Let's not tell her. We'll we'll hitch up the boat as quiet as we can. <laughs> okay. And we'll roll out. Nate, you coming? So Thanks, Grandma Cat. Yeah, we love hey, you yeah, so I'll, much. I'm driving. I'm driving up. I'll be on my way. Hi. Right. You'll be here about 11 p.m. Like Pete said, night fishing can be killer anyway. Let's so. go. Yes. <laughs> yeah now we're talking but all right man everybody thank you so much for tuning in uh what a what a great podcast with a great dude thank you guys for putting up with some of the uh internet connectivity problems um that's just life you know that's just going to happen um i, I wish it didn't happen but like there was still so much good look at you to, being all positive to take out of uh there's so much good to take out of pete talking and just you know i would love to like sit in a room with that dude and be like all right pete go Tell me everything. Yeah. <laughs> Just barf some musky stuff on me. And I guarantee I'm leaving the room a far better musky fisherman than I was when I went in. Maybe just a fisherman in general. Mm. Yeah. What'd you think, Lola? I thought he was awesome. Super authentic. Just like funny himself. You know, How long did he wear that pink hat? Quite a while. I mean, quite a while. <laughs> yeah. And then he just he changed it. Talk. I want to I show people this. What? Okay. You're going to show something. Oh, yeah. He's bringing the the picture and the hat down from his childhood. Oh my gosh. That's the picture. Look at, okay. Jordan, Jordan took a comb and he just combed his hair straight down. Can you see those lines? Oh, the, the ring light. Oh, there we go. There it is. Hair. He looks good. He does. He is tan and modelly. <laughs> and he just put gel and went down his forehead. Oh my gosh. And that's the hat. And it says Jordan Musty Man Johnson. And Pete signed it. How cute is that? Fanboy. I just I just want to be cute. You're so cute. I want to be cute so bad. Nate, you got any signed Pete Mana stuff? I do not know, but uh I do I do love how you had the LA looks rolling down the forehead, you know, with all the gel. I that's that was nice. It was attractive. That's probably exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. That's probably exactly <laughs> it was maybe, maybe topped off with some white rain. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just aerosol on the freak out of it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh on that gosh, note, yeah. let's uh let's <laughs> let's call this thing, dude. So um tune in to uh these are every Taco Tuesday. We put them out at six AM. The video podcasts usually come either later that day or just at a, at a later time because we don't want to like rob peter to pay paul like we hopefully you have the opportunity to listen while you're driving somewhere and you have the opportunity to watch while you're not driving somewhere please don't watch if you're driving be safe yeah. um but uh, yeah tacklingtacos.com we're getting ready to release some merch maybe by the time we drop this episode our merch will be available we're really excited about that and um yeah we gotta get 
I mean, Nate too, but Nate's already caught him. Me too, but I've already caught him. We got to get Lola on the water chasing these muskies yeah. um, for her to cry and say, holy schmoly. So I really hope you cry. And I really hope you we'll say, we'll get a tackle and tacos shirt. This is holy schmoly yeah, with you, like a, like a weird character. <laughs> crying. Yeah. All right, Lola. So what, uh, what do we want people to focus on? And uh, let's get out of here. Hit them, hit them with the hook. Yeah. Well, make sure to always be positive because positivity is worth the effort. Peace.